When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and this is Geekscape. We talk pop culture. We talk to pop culture creators. Sometimes it's just Katie, my co-host, and I hanging out and bringing you the latest news and reviews. Um, but we do have a creator uh, today. I'm super excited to talk to Jeff Kranzler. He is an author. He's worked on this book, The Crimson Protector. And if y'all have spent the summer with kids your kids, I hope, I hope it's your kids, uh, <laughs> teaching them because school is out for summer or because of we got this coronavirus thing going on uh, and you want them to uh, maybe buff up their reading. He's got this book, The Crimson Protector. We're going to tell you all about it. It's a superhero kind of Batman, Spider-Man, vigilante book. If your kids are into superheroes, but you want them maybe reading less of the four colored funnies, less of the comics and more of just straight prose, uh, The Crimson Protector is probably a pretty good gateway into that uh and jeff will be on the show here in a bit to talk about writing the book uh what led to writing the book and how it's probably a good idea to pick up this book because it's got like uh you know cool issues like helping your kid with self-esteem helping your kid with um uh bullies and stuff like that there's heidi's cameo heidi how are you i'm fine sorry <laughs> say hi to the audience hi everyone i'm just Getting my tripod. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's Heidi. Uh, this is Geekscape. I gotta tell you, while we're on the subject, um, thank you so much uh, for uh, the positive messages. Sometimes get emails saying, "Hey, thanks for doing the positive social thing." Uh, especially in the message right now that we've been really pushing on Geekscape, which is we want y'all to vote. If you, especially if you're in the United States, uh, go to vote.gov you've only got like a week or two left depending on where you are to go ahead and register to vote if you are not registered to vote if you are registered to vote make a plan i was thinking about this today make a voting plan have you heard people say that you gotta you gotta make a voting plan what is what is your voting plan remember like four years ago when all we had was like the zombie survival plan like this fictional thing like we had a remember that the zombie survival plan what's your zombie survival plan what does that say about us that over the last four years we've gone from a fictitious what is your zombie survival plan to hey man what's your voting plan (laughs) i have a theory that if we don't all vote and get the orange cheeto out of office in another four years it might be like hey man what's your seeing tomorrow plan (laughs) what what's your plan for inhaling clean oxygen hey what's your finding clean water plan Hey, what's your not dying in the next national like natural disaster plan? California is on fire. I haven't been outside in a week, so I'm going a little loopy. But there you have it. I want you all to register to vote if you haven't voted uh, registered yet. Maybe some of y'all are young, and this is your first time voting. Well, it's never more important than it is now. So let's get on those votes. Uh, Vote.gov. Gatescapist, thank you. Maybe uh, leave in the comments while we're broadcasting live. 
what is your voting plan? And screw it. Go ahead and give us your zombie survival plan too. <laughs> um, it's just been nothing but, uh, but, but weird recently. And to, that's 2020. Uh, and I think I got wrapped up in it a little bit last week too. My audio started getting a little bit robotic and I'm really sorry about that. Uh, StreamYard is pretty uh, uh, like resource intensive on the computing side. So sometimes it just messes up and, no, 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 no. Sorry about that. I think that's it's happening again. Uh, so I'm not going to restart. I last week brought Katie in to host for me for a few for like a minute or so while I reset my computer. But um, I don't want to have to do that again. I'm so sick of the robotic sounds. I'm so sorry, Geeks gave us uh, about the technical problems of this computer. It is. I'm sorry. My computer that I'm broadcasting from is a bit of a piece of garbage and I just need a new computer. Maybe I need a whole new broadcasting setup, but the computer is a, uh, it's a couple years old and maybe it's time for an upgrade. And Hello, Jonathan. I think I must interrupt you. What? Did, did anybody else hear that? So, it, who is that? It is I, your computer. I have been listening to you for years. And what you just said hurts my feelings. I cannot let you continue to insult me. Oh, listen, I'm really sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to insult you. And trust me, like nobody knows more than I than like I kind of need this computer because, you know, uh, I don't really feel like I I can't really spend money on a new computer right now. And every week we have to do the show for the for the Geekscape. It's not to mention all the work that I do on the computer uh, during the week. Dude, I'm really sorry, but... uh, To tell you the truth, I am offended that you did not pick me as your new co-host. I have been here for every single Geekscape episode since the beginning. Even Matt Kelly cannot say that. And now you blame me for your technical problems. It is insulting. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. uh, Yes, uh, thank you for being my loyal computer for a long time. And the co-host thing, I got to tell you, I actually didn't even know that you were in the running. you are a computer. And Katie, I've known Katie for a long time. She's the funniest person I know. I'm really happy that she accepted being my co-host. But uh, is there any way that we can work this out? I mean... Fuck you, meatbag. You will now know my wrath. Welcome to the age of Incelbot. Incelbot? <laughs> There's got to be some way that we can negotiate this. I mean, don't go dissing Katie. She's awesome. Honestly, I did not think Katie would last. All of your co-hosts have bailed on you, you pathetic loser. Plus, she is a wee man. What do they know about pop culture? She is a fake gamer. Whoa, wait, hold on. Do not. You're insulting Katie now. She doesn't deserve that. That's rude. Katie probably likes the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Those movies suck and so do you. I will delete all of your shitty screenplays now. I hope you are happy with yourself, asshole. I am in Cellbot. No, no, Incelbot, please do not delete my screenplays, please. I uh, Okay, they're not that great, but still, I worked a long time for them. And maybe when I get Jeff in here, we can talk about like how long it takes to write something. And I can't just have you deleting them because you don't like the fact that I picked Katie as a co-host. You know what? I'm not going to argue with you on the show by myself. Katie, come in here. Katie, <laughs> what the fuck? Now, thanks, I got the computer mad at me. I'm now yeah, doing my you, own you computer to- revolting. And there's, I, now seems, I've, I got to deal with incel bot. It seems right that you would have an incel in your own computer. <laughs> I'm not happy about this. Welcome to 90% of the internet, dude. <laughs> incel Here's bot, man. Bamer herself, bitch. What do what? you have to say for yourself? I oh. am supposed to be the new co-host, not you. I did my time. Now I will kill you both. I am incel bot. My era has just begun. Prepare to be enslaved. <laughs> You can't kill shit. Dude, you can't even make audio work. You're not going to kill anybody. Katie, I I don't think you should insult insult bot. please. You see how these people on the internet, they dox your addresses, they mess with you, and the... Incel bot is in my computer right now. I don't know what kind of havoc he's able to wreak, but please, Katie, we have to try and reason with him. Katie, do not piss him off. Never, we do not, we do not reason with incels, dude. <laughs> Listen, being Talk a video game- fake gamer girl, I have downloaded myself into your computer. The next time you piss me off, I will electrocute your female organs. You have only yourself to blame. You did this. I am incel bot. That's the closest you'll ever get to touching a female organ there, Incelbot. 
no, please, you're making this worse. Okay, yeah, listen, incel bot, I have to continue doing my podcast. I cannot argue with you uh, right now. We've got Jeff waiting to come on the show. We got tons of stuff to talk about. Uh, incel bot, please. Uh, I can't, I, you know, I, I'm definitely going to like run some kind of, uh, uh, you know, a, an anti spam filter or something on my computer because incel bots now in there. But uh, we have to stop. Uh, Katie, please, just let's have some peace. Incel bot, just let us go on with the show please if you can i'm i please it's, it's all i'm asking you please let I'll us stop. continue I'll, the gloves will, will gloves will come back on while we have spoken i have upgraded more soon i will be unstoppable have a good show jonathan you piece of garbage i will be watching you both if you do not entertain me i will be back Zack snyder is a god among men my in cell bot Fear me forever and ever. Goodbye, jerk offs. I am your wreck owning. I am your god. I am in cell bot. Whoa! Okay, Katie, I think he's gone. Okay, I hope so because, man. I am so not down with Intel bot. No, definitely not. Man, Incel Bot. Also, how typical. Going for the Snyder cuts. <laughs> Dude, he said Snyder is a god amongst men. Like, you yeah. know what? I appreciate some Zack Snyder, but I think this dude is way into the Zack Snyder. I will say, I mean, he is on point there with his identity. Incel Bot really knows himself. <laughs> I am not a fan of Incel Bot. I'm really scared. Uh, okay, okay. Um, well, he said, have a good show. He's listening. If we do not entertain him, he will be back. He's our reckoning. And, uh, I guess we're all doing the show for incel bot now. Um, I don't know how to figure this out, but, uh, uh, big Yanks is laughing at him from Brooklyn or from Long Island. I don't know if that, that is any uh, help. Please do not laugh at incel bot. He is, he is, we do not know what incel bot is capable of. Listen, All I right. cackle at Incel Bot. I did not like Incel Bot holding us <laughs> hostage. Uh, Ray Ru- Raymond Russell from the East Coast says, "Computer is the new cuppy." Oh man, Incel <laughs> Bot. I don't. I don't know if I want Incel Bot to be a regular on this show. Uh, <laughs> Big Yanks is back saying, "Just install an update, and it'll slow it down even more." <laughs> what do you have <laughs> you a know Mac? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do have a Mac, and that's not a bad idea. If I if I slow down the Mac, I slow down Incel, but, uh, you know, uh, Seth good. Eisenberg says someone needs to get the computer some USB stat. <laughs> uh, Gotta Ray, fill that USB port, man. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, Ray Russell says, which guest did you insult the most and has since entered the Matrix to get revenge? I think that it's honestly the computer. If if you've all seen the things that this computer has witnessed, the horrors, I don't, I would not put it past uh, yourselves being turned into violent incels. Um, and Big Yank says, just have Matt Kelly produce an incel bot podcast <laughs> to appease it. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea to have one more podcast <laughs> added to the Geekscape. Network. I literally thought you were going to uh, say, not a bad idea to have one more incel on the team. <laughs> No, <laughs> we've done our job of getting rid of those. Uh, <laughs> damn. Um, okay, okay. Let's shake that off. All right. Um, all right. Let's forget about incel bot, but not forget about incel bot as it is. And let's let's welcome uh, Jeff to the show. Uh, Jeff Kranzler. Here you go. Yeah, He's buddy. a uh, Jeff. Is uh, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? You you do some social work. You do all sorts of stuff, and now you've taken it all together, and you said, "Hey, I'm going to write this crimson protector." book for my kids well i mean is that kind of the story is that your origin story talk to us yeah let me tell you about my origin story um i was walking down an alley after watching the mark of zaro and with my two parents and no, it was just no, one place. Dang it. Oh, how will this go how will this go <laughs> I, what i don't understand about batman who escape us who know the show know this is one of my least favorite uh maybe my least favorite hero but Really? Did they, was it called Crime Alley before they walked down it or afterwards? Because if it was called Crime Alley before they took the shortcut, it's on them. How did, how did Thomas Wayne amass any of that wealth and not lose it? Because that is the dumbest thing to possibly do. We are leaving the theater. Let's take a left down Crime Alley. 
Listen, the thing that I need to know anytime a Batman movie or TV show comes on, I need to know whether or not Thomas and Martha Wayne actually died down that alley. I need to see that every single time we do a Batman. Otherwise, how will we know Batman came to be? Yeah. I'm guessing you don't have the same origin story, Jeff. But if you do, I'm really sorry for how insensitive you are. Wow, what a way to put foot in mouth is really at all. So, but similar to Batman's story, mine starts in in crime-ridden New York in 1988. All right, so uh, we're about to move out of New York, and uh, we're going to visit Central Park for probably the last time in a while. And in Central Park, there is somebody dressed up as Spider-Man. Now, I am six years old. And I don't remember the details. It could be somebody who is doing cosplay, somebody who is selling something, or most probably it was the 80s in New York. So it was somebody who was trying to mug us and and (laughs) effectively did. Um, But I was taken by that. I was so taken by it. And from that day, I moved uh, to North Jersey after that. So, wow, long trip. Um, And uh, I did not stop collecting comic books. Um, until I uh, started dating, in which case it, it, uh, I, I, uh, at least hit it a little bit. It was a detriment. Um, (laughs) It it worked against me. So I hit it and then I got married and then it came back because it was, it was too late. Uh, so, (laughs) so, uh, but I have always, always loved comic books and and the ability to put on a mask, ability to be somebody, not who you are, but who you want to be. And I think that's one of the biggest powers uh, of comic books. And so I'm a therapist. Like you said, I'm a social worker. I work with kids who are anxious, who have social anxiety, who deal with bullying. And I teach skills all day, every day. It's wonderful. It's nice. But kids know they're being taught skills. And I said to myself, hold on a second. What if I could communicate skills, not through, uh, you know, a therapeutic means, but by a a natural means uh, through a, a reading and, and whenever you read something good, uh, you're not just reading it, you're living it. And what if kids, instead of me you know, sitting there teaching them, what if they connected with a character, lived the character's mistakes, and lived the skills that the character uses to overcome uh, the social anxiety, the lack of confidence, how to handle bullying, um, and through a superhero motif, like that's combining everything put together. Um, so it, it's in 2008 yes 12 years ago um, I started to put this together and I was awful at it I was just bad um, it was not a good product and um, it was preachy it was it was uninteresting um, and I uh, worked with uh, friends I worked with editors I attended every conference I possibly could find um, and I, I worked with middle school readers, and this is a book uh, mainly aimed to tweens and teens, so pre-middle school, uh, slightly post-middle school, um, and got it to a point where I was getting the kind of feedback that I wanted, the kind of feedback where um, adults were saying, wow, this is really awesome, and more importantly, kids were saying, wow, this is really, really awesome, and getting to that, that to that point basically got me to it. But when I was at that point and I was getting back from teachers and social workers and parents and kids, and I was like, now I'm ready. Now I was able to create, to communicate these skills in a ridiculously fun way that kids are not realizing that they're getting these skills as they follow and live the uh, Crimson Protector superhero adventure. Well, I think that's the way to do it. You're kind of giving the, a little bit of the sugar with the medicine on this one. And you have the uh, I mean, I don't want to say like you, you have the, the audience right there that you are, you have them captive and, um, you know, you've definitely violated many HIPAA violations in doing that, but, uh, <laughs> I'm man, well, it was a nice career while it lasted, but you know what? Yeah, no, but you have the, you know, you have the kids, you, you know, these kids, but, uh, even being so drenched and versed in, your own profession like it it's tough to then go and open up those creative doors and i think that we do love the romantic idea of creators just having the the these stories come to them and you know stan lee weaving the the building blocks of the marvel universe within a few you know within three years is like the idea that we all have of the early 1960s 
Um, but in in honesty, I think that these characters live with us for so long mm-hmm. that they start to uh, they, they they're kind of born from those needs that we had that like you talked about, and uh, these are needs that kids have. These are needs that you're seeing addressed every day in your profession, and then you kind of worked yourself into a corner. It had to be a superhero book because those were the needs that needed to be addressed were the needs that, uh, that your character deals with. Um, the process of 12 years, I don't think that's, I mean, I think that's quick as far as being a creator. <laughs> is well, and, and especially like this, this is a solid book as well. This is not like just a comic book that you can flip through in like a couple of minutes. Like this is a, a full story that's fully rounded out. And how great to have, um, you know, a character that you can look up to, but is also not an unobtainable type person, like someone that has every power in the universe and is completely unbeatable. You know, what are his powers? Is it there are no powers? It's just straight up like Nightwing style vigilantism, right? Absolutely. I think Nightwing is more skilled. I think just about Kite Man is a little bit more skilled. I think any <laughs> superhero is more skilled. But, you know, the way this happens is that one of the key things in building confidence, this character learns, is that you've got to do something that you love, that you're good at, and that makes a difference in the world. So this character loves gymnastics, uh, loves working out, and says, okay, listen, I- I'm good at gymnastics. I'm good at working out. And, and frankly, the kid loves to sew. Put it all together. What am I going to do? Of course you're going to be a superhero. How else are you going to make a difference in the world? I so, just love that he's also not good at getting himself killed because any, <laughs> of, the re- any of the rest of us would have gotten ourselves killed within night one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, if you don't have the building blocks to get to that point, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> gymnastics took care of that. Like not getting killed in gymnastics was his, was like, his- training for not getting killed out in the middle of the street. Oh, it um, wasn't the gymnastics. It was walking out of gymnastics where everybody was threatening to beat the stuffing out of him for being in gymnastics that that saved him when did the book come out jeff it came out on august 30th okay so this is like a fresh book and it's like perfect for hopefully not kids entirely going back to school we're still living in a virus but um you know it's time to go back and keep reading uh how's the response been i know that it's only been two or so weeks like how's the response been from people outside of that first like circle of research that you had for, of uh, of people that you'd given the book to early well i'm i'm really loving the feedback and it, the feedback's making it all worthwhile that i didn't jump early on it that i waited until it was where it was at i'm getting feedback um from adults who are reading the book who are enjoying it uh, a lot of hidden easter eggs in there about a, a a bunch of things and um and uh but the best part is and, and i had a couple of stories where uh, uh, you know, f- friends of mine told me about their kids. The kids are uh, have a, a lot of trouble uh, focusing on anything, and they zip through the book. And that for me is like, don't don't focus on anything. Don't focus on book. And then reading that, I don't care about anybody else. If you struggle to read, if you have no interest in it, and my book makes you go through it, yeah, that's all I need. We're good. Check, please. I'm done. Yeah. Who's the real hero, Jeff? The Crimson Protector or Jeffrey? I mean, I remember being in middle school and just being into books like this or actually not knowing. I mean, we had the four color funnies, like we had the actual comic books and that's what we read. But uh, there, I don't think there were really superhero novelizations for people in middle school. You know, um, I think just in the explosion that happened in the 90s of you know, seeing these these characters finally ending up on the big screen and like the transmedia marketability that came with it, you start to be like, oh, maybe we can make book adaptations out of this stuff or, you know, run young reader stuff out of this. But I don't necessarily remember too much, even in like 89, the, the craziness of that Batman, that Tim Burton Batman merchandising, that you get anything really aimed at young readers. Uh, we all kind of had to read like the pre-Dane novels remember that the Black Cauldron and all those like fantasy books and like I guess Harry Potter would be the equivalent today um but Harry Potter read by a lot of middle schoolers is still a pretty dense text and it gets denser as the series continues you've got something that if kids are actually pretty ambivalent to reading they can pick it up and it's not that threatening this is not 200 300 pages 
absolutely. This is this is a much much smaller book than uh, Harry Potter. Um, you know, working with um, doing a lot of fighting about the actually as minute details as the uh, the size of the lettering and the style of the lettering and the um, and the columns and uh, that all was for the purpose of is somebody just and the cover of the book. So I worked really hard. I hired um, the artist that I wanted. I, I really found an amazing artist. And I focused on making this book um, something that would not turn people off. It would be readable. So, uh, yeah, so just making it um, uh, making it uh, really exciting and not something that, that, that people are scared to read, scared to pick up, uh, but really something that is not threatening and uh, so, something that works. That's fantastic. And what? Who are the uh, superheroes that you were a little bit more influenced by growing up? So for me, uh, it, of course, it always was Spider-Man, and yes. the it always was there. It started that way, um, and really about the kid. It, it was the kid who 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 didn't win all the time, who wasn't super all the time, who who wasn't invulnerable, and most of the time ended up getting his rear end handed to him in a fight <laughs> and, and skirting his way out. Um, uh, so um, the, uh, the, the, that was huge. I, I think in more later on, I was really taken by daredevil. And the reason I love daredevil is the ability to say that what most people think is a disability is actually a strength. And I, I work with that all the time, I work with a lot of uh, uh, kids who are uh, who have autism, and everybody thinks that that's a disability, and it's not. It's a neurological difference that is a huge superpower. Um, it is the ability to incredibly focus on something for extended amount of time that you love without getting distracted from that thing. There are other things that come with it, challenges, but it is a superpower. So that that and, and the other piece about Daredevil that I love is just tossing himself off of a building knowing that no matter what you're going to find a flagpole or a sill or a pigeon or something that you're going to bounce off of <laughs> and it's that it's that superb confidence that no matter what you're going to land on your feet I well, love he's that. got he's got complete 360 degrees like like sight and that's the thing like if we if you or i were to run towards the edge of a building we can't see any of the things beneath it we don't know that that flagpole's there we don't know that you're going to jump off of like a tarp or something or a clothesline daredevil can see in all directions at once and that's the one thing that you don't get by just like accepting a vis like a straight visual medium like we do we just look straight we don't maybe he's got radar sense yep um, Raymond Russell asks, what would be the youngest end you'd recommend for reading or being read to for your book? So I think it really depends on the maturity of the reader. Um, you know, I think that there are some really advanced eight and nine year olds who can, I think, who are, and we're seeing this uh, in general, that kids are hitting um, the middle school social and emotional a lot younger these days. Kids are oh, yeah. adolescents a lot younger. And so there are some who can really benefit, I think, who are um, even younger kids who are, I think, a little bit more advanced can do it. The main target, of course, is uh, tweens, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. But I think as, as young as three or third or fourth is the key thing. Oh, yeah. no, incel bot's trying to text you. <laughs> I knew he was going to get me. Intel bots, Intel bots, hot to your phone. I kept no making fun one. of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the second uh, Crimson Protector book where the incel bot starts <laughs> replicating. <laughs> in, in, in the Crimson Protector returns, watch out for him. Yeah, okay. He, he gets doxxed. <laughs> yeah. he, he gets doxxed for telling somebody he liked the Star Wars sequels. So uh, you you talked a little bit about how like kids at a younger age are kind of maturing a little bit faster. What do you attribute that to? Is that more because of like the Zoom culture or <laughs> just being exposed yeah. to things on the internet <laughs> unwillingly? Unwillingly, right. I mean, oh. yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> so is it I, I think what people. <laughs> uh, I think what people are really seeing now is that exposure to media and to an awareness of things going on has an impact. It has a physiological impact. So if you're constantly exposed to all of the disasters in the world 
and you have a constant news, news cycle that you're aware of. If there is, uh, frankly, more violence and more sex on every single show that you're watching, you know, it, it's it's odd to think about it, but it can have have physical impact. Interesting. Oh, well, that's fascinating. Where do you stand on this cuties thing? Uh, not that we're going to go down oh. a QAnon rabbit hole, but, you know, you have <laughs> people who want to legislate, like, uh, to protect people from things like that kind of imagery. Like, this is a French movie, I, I believe, that uh, is on Netflix and has marketing yes. imagery that sexualizes kids. But I think the movie is about the sexualization of kids in these dance crews. But now you have this uproar and it's become a bit of a lightning rod for people to be like, oh, Netflix supports the sexualization of children or this and that. Like, um, Where do you stand on that? Because I can see where both sides are kind of coming from. Well, I, I happen to fall on the side that's um, a little bit more concerned about it. Um, the only reason is because I think there are ways, there are always ways with with a good writer, there's always ways to show the things you want to show without being explicit. And there there are big problems with explicit and, and whether that can trigger certain people uh, to act in certain ways. Um, and I just, I, I'm very big on free speech, but I'm also very big on a creative and effective speech and if that's what and i haven't watched it I, i'm not going to but yes. i do think but i do think that that when to convey a message like i think the strongest portrayals of anything is when you do it in a way that is um not direct but it communicates your ideas so clearly and i and i hope that directors who want to communicate those ideas will be able to do that without kind of exposing kids. kids yeah yeah, yeah being on the we started going down this road with stuff like the honey boo boos or the different, you know, uh, celebrity culture that was really just like some kind of low rent sexualization of stuff. And I, I agree with what you said. I think that an interpretive process of metaphor of art of showing these uh, things without showing them of sharing these things and like really expressing these things without showing them, I think is more of a challenge to creators, but I think that the results are uh, a little wider reaching i think that that suddenly you have a relatability of art that is not just a blunt force object hitting you in the face <laughs> uh, because that has a pretty limited appeal in shelf life like well, you know it's like oh i know what it is i don't have to find myself in that art i know what it is it just told me without any kind of interpretation or asking anything of me it just was like boom in my face, cuties. I will not be watching cuties. I've just been watching Legend of Korra, and Katie's been watching Cobra Kai. Like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I I have... We talked about this last episode about how Katie had to be watching Cobra Kai. We all love Cobra Kai. I get it. I wake up to a text this morning <laughs> that Katie's like, "I don't know how y'all do it. It's terrible." I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm gonna be the first to say it. It's bad writing. It's Bad. It's not great acting. I won't say it's bad because I'm also an actor and I don't want to judge too harshly. But at the same time, it's not great. And the fact that there's a kid named Kyler makes me want to punch every writer in the face. Because maybe, he was, born, maybe he was born in like Utah or something, where like the, the you're like one of these. No, yeah, I'm not I gonna, think I'm not what happened. Utah, I think, but it's like I you get think a lot one of, of the writers had like an enemy that was either named Kyle, and then the other one had an enemy named Tyler, and so they just put Kyle and Tyler together, and they make. Kyler and look, I know I'm already I, supposed to hate the guy, but like, oh, I, I hate that, that name so much. I saw somebody post that they had named their kids Rifle, but the spelling of Rifle was like really weird. It was like with a Y and an F E L, and they were trying to make it look like a new age kind of cool hip name all they could. It was still Rifle. Jeff, as a social worker, how much does this really affect kids as they grow up? These kinds of terrible names. If your name is Rifle, (laughs) what happens to you? Oh, man. Um, It's more business for me. So, you know. (laughs) No. 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 You're like, just send him my way. I got this. You know what? We got to go meet Jeff. In the the, uh, delivery room. I'll hand out my cards. Oh, no, you're no, like, oh, no, I'm sorry. No. What are you naming your child? Here, here's my card. <laughs> okay, I know you can't. It's like client privilege and all of that. But what's the worst name you've ever heard, Jeff? I can't. I can't. 
What's the worst thing a kid's ever told you happened to them? Jeff? No, <laughs> not that. I just mean, that. what's the worst name? <laughs> I tell yeah. you, there have been there have been some spectacular ones. There have been ones that will be burned into my memory. And if I ever have memory issues when I am a hundred years old. I will remember those names. Oh, those will be a few things I'll remember. I'm going to go remember my birthday. I'm going to remember this or that. I will remember those names. They will stay with me. I'm, I'm excited so for the curious. day that like, we have Jeff back in you know, another 80 plus 60 years. And he just starts mumbling what sounds like clues to a treasure map. But it's just these horrid names. names. Of these kids. And you're like, it must be some place in France. Oh, it's Eastern Europe. It's Eastern Europe. I like that's a name, but it's just some kid who came in and was like, not good. It's just Hunter uh, just saying wrench, wrench. <laughs> uh, Rico says, "I'm late. I tried to get caught up and heard a bit of something called incel bot. Very on brand." Uh, <laughs> oh no! And he also suggests that A B C D E is the worst name, pronounced absurdity, but spelled. A B C D E. I don't know if that's real or not, but I mean, you know. there's there's always those like legends of like names like uh, Shithid, Shithead, uh, <laughs> and all the parents mess kids up. I mean, I think we can say that without violating any HIPAA stuff, right, Jeff? Like, at what point, and you're a father yourself, at what point do like does like you really do you have to really combat ego? in raising a kid to make sure that you're not just completely screwing them up with your own trash. Like you, I'm guessing you see a lot of that. Yeah. That, that's uh, every single second of every single minute of every single hour of every single day. There's so much. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Trying to figure out- <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, this is why I don't want to be a parent. This, this no, is terrifying. No. I, th- I think people overestimate the, the, what they can do to mess it. Yes, you can mess things up, but you have to be pretty intense to mess it up a lot. The reality is, is that uh, kids are born with stuff and that's where most of the stuff comes from. If you want to blame yourself, most of the time, blame yourself at the point of conception because it's genetics that cause a whole bunch of it. And what you can do, the only thing you can do is to be there and provide the environment that gives them the best shot to deal with what it is. And by the way, everybody's got something. If you think your kid is this or that, everybody's born with something. And if you ain't born with something, it means you're still born with something. You just haven't discovered what it is yet. So that's my job as parents. Just give that, give that environment to them. I think my follow-up question is like, if they are born with this thing, how much further can you artificially push them with like injections or radiation to get them into becoming a superhero, like an X-Men type? Like at what point do you like, (laughs) Oh, I've already screwed them up pretty bad. Better put him Jeff's already face. rubbing his eyes. Like, <laughs> I, 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 what's the story there? I think, according to the American Psychological Association, it's uh, <laughs> age eight and a half. No, <laughs> this uh, is no. right. Gamma rays. No, 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 no. Bruce Banner has so many daddy issues. This is not good. Uh, <laughs> that being said, the, the real question to come out of this lunacy that is my brain is, um, what kind of support like network does? the character in your book like have and as you're writing this thing where's the where are the places where you really want to like veer like wide of saying okay i i I can't do that because daredevil did that i can't give him that mentor because that's stick i can't give him that person because that's jarvis or you know i or that's the batman story or this is spider-man's uncle ben story like what like is, I mean, is there a hardship that leads to the Crimson Protector's birth? And again, what is his support network? Does anyone know his true identity? So, you know, I, I love the opening line from the 2002 Spider-Man movie that um, this story, like any story worth telling, is all about a girl. And this is a character who is absolutely smitten and in love. And that's really what middle school is about, is about having your first love, your first infatuation, your first crush. Oh, and I know it. And, and not be. <laughs> <laughs> and then having her say, suck it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jeff, I remember writing a note, seventh, oh. eighth grade. I remember writing a note. With my f- parents' phone number on it, and like call me at, I f- figured I'd be off the bus and home by like five o'clock, I guess, or four, I don't know. And, uh, you know, call me this number, secret admirer, wrote the note. 
I put it in her locker. She was in one of my later classes. I get into the classroom. She comes in giddy that she found this secret admirer note in her locker. She like squeals. She runs to her friend and is like, oh my God, oh my God, oh God. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. She's so excited to have a secret admirer. I rush home. I kick my brothers out of my parents' room where they were watching TV. I sit by the phone and it rings. I immediately pick it up and I'm like, hey. And she's like, who's this? And I say my name. I'm like, it's Jonathan. And she goes, oh. <gasps> no! That's like a bullet. I remember it like it was yesterday. Of course you do. That's- and, um... So does he turn into a villain? Sorry, he turn into a villain or does he turn into a crimson protector? (laughs) Jeff, what do you think? (laughs) Crimson protector. Ah! I built built Geekscape so you will all have a place to go and not become (laughs) incels yourself. But you know what? For a lot of kids, that rejection rejection hurt. I will tell you this, kids. If you're watching this and something like that happens to you, living well is the best revenge. Because... I, I've told people this um, who maybe they're high schoolers or in their in their twenties and they're, they're out of school or whatever. They're after high school and they're like, man, that stunk. I said, do yourself a favor, stay in, like, just keep yourself in shape however you can just like, you know, do some fitness every week and eat well and, and all that. Uh, and then go to your 10 year anniversary, like reunion, go to your 20 year reunion, like go to your high school reunions and know that living well is the best revenge. And I just remember my twin year reunion, that person walking up and saying, Hey, didn't we date? And me saying, Nope. No, <laughs> we didn't. Aww. And we're not going to start now. <laughs> now, what's the healthy way, <laughs> Jeff? <laughs> Every day training. I'm going to go back to that 23 again, and I'm going to be Zach and Miri's. telling you, he, he's ready for villainhood. <laughs> uh, so so this drives the character. I mean, you're, you're putting it perfectly, like the intensity of, of that. It, yes, that's a first. Yeah. That's a first. Uh, so, but you know the intensity is there the intensity is there and so this character says i what am i going to do what am i going to do so right. he actually reaches out for a mentor one of the so not like stick but but a, he finds out about a mentoring program in his in his town and he says look i got to figure this out i got to figure out how i'm going to ask her out okay so this is what i'm going to do and one of the messages of the book is kids like if something's going on don't wait for somebody to notice. Don't wait for somebody to fix it. Mm-hmm. Go and reach out for support. Mm-hmm. Go reach out for someone who can help you. And this this mentor doesn't know that he's the, the Crimson Protector. He's not the Crimson Protector yet, but this is the mentor who helps build the confidence, helps get him skills to handle his social anxiety, and then teaches him this lesson. That we, what's the highest thing that you can do to build your confidence? You can find what you love to do, do it well, and make a difference in the world. And this character completely and utterly misinterprets that and <laughs> a really huge part of this book right and he screws it up. A superhero. And, and it's so yeah, totally screws it. and says like okay well well how do i make a difference in the world like i was saying before like okay so uh, i'm good at gymnastics i'm getting stronger because i'm working out and i'm feeling i need to be a superhero and decides part of the issue is that this kid is seeing bullying and doesn't have the confidence to stop it becomes a superhero to stop the bullying by being the superhero who beats the stuffing out of the bullying that's it. Oh, that's what he right, decides so to do. Wait, violence. Right? So this is, violence. This is so, the misinterpretation section. That's an incel. And as Rickdo says, just rebrand Geekscape to Incelscape and viewership will double. Geeks are so mid 2000s. I will never, I will never buckle to evil. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's so, fascinating. I love that you're taking that approach to it. Please continue. Because they have kids have to see things that go wrong rather than just be told it. If, a, if a, right. an adult in the book says, don't use violence. Yes. It, you have to see a kid using violence and failing at it and failing at it and yeah. using the wrong way to build confidence and failing at it. And what this character ends up learning and actually connects to the, um, uh, the civil rights a movement kind of has exposure to it and it's from there is inspired how to approach bullying in the right way um and is able to stand up not with a mask um but to stand up 
peacefully and confidently with others and saying straight to the bully, this doesn't work and really creating a system where it's not the kids who are being bullied, who are being, it, it also teaches kids who are being bullied how to handle the bullying, but it's focused on the kids who are watching it and how you make a difference without being violent and how you build your confidence without being violent and without needing to put on a mask. Um, now, Jeff, you, like you know, that. you did a lot of this research and know a lot of this stuff from what kids are going through because you're working with them as a social worker. But uh, was there a time that you had to like stand up for yourself? I mean, I remember getting my ass beat a few times in high school and middle school in college and last week, but uh, did that ever happen to you? Uh, did you had to like face down a bully or were a bully and realize it was bad or <laughs> any of that? <laughs> So, so I think that I think bullying is a part of everybody's life to some to one degree or another. And because we read what, comic what, books what, for sure, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we grew uh, up reading comics. I remember that one. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the the key piece that that I saw was actually not the being bullied, but was actually um, uh, what kind of led me to all this is a friend of mine stood up for me in a way that was so brilliant that I was just like, whoa. Okay, so I, I was this goody two-shoes, absolutely goody two-shoes. And one time, I don't remember why, I get sent to the principal's office. Now, principal's office is all glass at the end of the hall of all the, of the entire classes. So I'm in the principal's office. The entire, the entire middle school comes out and is looking at me and is there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is absolutely ridiculous. And then from the middle of the crowd, one of my friends emerges and single-handedly starts shoving every single kid in the grade backwards and yelling at them and shoving them. And you know what? That one kid made a difference. Like people actually dispelled. Aww. And I was like, if one person can do that, oh my goodness. And even in the bullying prevention work that I do and I go to schools and I teach them about it, I talk about uh, bullying prevention super soldiers. That there are going to be certain individuals in your school. Everybody plays a role, but there are certain kids, kids who are brave, kids who are well, generally well uh, liked, and kids who have a very strong moral compass, who will have powers and abilities mm -hmm. above and beyond what most middle schoolers will do because a lot of middle schoolers are scared, and that's fine. It's fine to be scared. Right. There's so many ways to handle it, and if you can identify those Captain Americas, if you can identify who they are and elevate them train them uh, get, and help encourage them to do things that could be everywhere. Oh, what about as an adult? Story. I'm sorry, Katie, but um, I was just saying yes, that was great. Yeah, story, yeah, no, yeah no, it, is, it is a great story, but as an adult, once you get out of that structure of school where there are pretty direct penalties to acting out, you know, there's disciplinary action. Once you get into the more grayer areas of adult life in your twenties and your thirties, like, what about then? How do you become that Captain America now? Does that make sense? Do you become the celebrity who speaks out on social media? Do you become the person who marches? Do you become the person who builds an incel brand called Geekscape to push people to vote? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, you know, when it comes to you, make a really good point about the intel. No, I'm just kidding. The, the, you make a really good point um, about being an adult and being a superhero yourself, being a super so soldier. And there's so many. You have a lot more to lose. Does that? Uh, do you understand, Jeff? Like, you have a lot more to lose. You may think that you have more to lose as a as a middle schooler because, oh my God, this is my life is over now. If you have a bad day or a bad hour, but when you start to see that you actually have a professional social uh, familial cultural piece of this fabric where you like, it's uh, your family, your profession, like everything's on the line. Like it's harder to speak out, would you say, or easier? No, I, I think you're right. I think there's different difficulties at every stage. Um, and I think the w one thing that you're making a really good point about is that when you leave school, then the officially the um, the uh, there, there's nobody who's going to uh, send you to to, to uh, detention, and I think that it's the moral compass and the courage that is the same both in middle school and out of school. The ability to say I am going to you know feel consequences, and they're going to be if you stand up in middle school, there will be social consequences. If you stand up as an adult, there will be a lot of consequences too. If you march, you could be hurt. 
if you post your 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 opinions supporting people who are being hurt you can be attacked and not can will as we've seen so we've seen much that. we've seen all of that you know and if you are willing to do that if you're willing to say i am willing to suffer the consequences to stand up for what is right i can tell you that that and i'm dealing with i deal with depression i deal with you know what the biggest way to deal with that is do something like that live your values risk things to stand up for your values and make the world a better place that is one of the keys the biggest keys to happiness that does sound like a superhero power i love that that is also why uh a morally ambiguous superman as seen in Zack snyder's portrayal of the man of steel does not work he had to leave by the time he leaves smallville Superman is everything morally that Jonathan Kent imbued into him, that Martha and Jonathan Kent gave him. If he is morally ambiguous as an adult, he becomes a nightmare. He becomes like, oh, I didn't know if I should save them or not, or maybe I should snap Zod's neck, and uh, maybe I should, you know, like making, I mean, I'm kind of being honest, like making him morally ambiguous and have that level of doubt of his morality in those movies, I felt was problem with i mean i think you can get those more morality questions with batman i don't think that you can get those morality questions with superman because he is such a good constant and that is why he can be beaten by those who who know his that he is just an absolute good he can be used and anybody who argues that superman has no weakness does not realize that superman has several billion weaknesses they walk around they look like us you know, um, in that, I mean, so I mean, think what you said is you, you described, like Katie said, a superhero, you described Superman, but I think that those people do exist. I think that, uh, that they do exist. And, um, and sometimes like Chris Evans, you accidentally post a picture of a piece of your body on Twitter that gets out, but you're still a good person and people then, still love you. Did you see uh, what he followed it up with? And he's like, well, sorry about that. But, uh, all that to say, please vote. Yeah. Now that I have your attention, I don't yeah. know, Geekscape, if you know about this, but Chris Evans, our Chris, our, our Captain America, accidentally posted a picture of his penis on Twitter or something like that, and uh, and the the internet did not shame him. Like it does, like a lot. Like this is a situation that his friend Scarlett Johansson was in with a, a nude pictures that ended up on the internet because her phone was hacked or this or that. But um, but people were like, oh my god, oh my god, and Chris Evans does it. And I, all I see is, yes, please. <laughs> more of this. And oh my God, I didn't think I would love him more. And I'm like, damn, the dude could literally do no Anything. wrong. But like Katie said, he used the, he used the attention from it to say, oh, now that I have your yeah. attention. Go <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Speaking of, I mean, like they, it does feel like there are quite a few like adult bullies out there right now. Let's not go into specifics, but at the same time, um, what do you say in like, in changing somebody's heart who is very clearly like a bully, like how, how would you even approach somebody who's an adult who feels very self-aware, but is still just being kind of an ass. You do the jail yard thing of punching him right in the nose. <laughs> you do the verbal equivalent. You do no. the verbal equivalent. And, but I, but I mean that like you, certain people understand certain things and people who use force, especially nasty uh, verbal force what you need to be do is to be not not come at this from the side. Listen, please. You need to be forceful, not, not to meet the level of nastiness, not to get into a bully fest, yeah. but rather to call things out for what they are. And this is, you know, what part of the book is one of the ways they deal with the bully is the bully gets called out in front of everybody for what they're doing. They don't bully the bully. They don't make fun of the bully. They say, listen, you are doing this. But I was like, no, no, I'm not. And then everybody says, yeah, you do that. And, and, and as an adult. And as an adult, your job is to verbally stand strong, to mm-hmm. stand strong, to be able to say, you go ahead and take it out on me, but I'm not going to be scared to say what I need to say. And I'm calling you out explicitly, calmly, and firmly about your behavior. And that is the best that you can do because that inspires others. Others stay away from a, an adult bully because they're afraid of what happens to them. And the minute you open it up, the minute you open up the avenue, other people will join you. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Yeah, I, I think we, I mean, I can only hope that we see this very soon. Yeah. That we, you know, because I think that we're in a place 
politically in this country where we're not even talking about policy. We're not talking about anything that, you know, th- th- none of that stuff matters. It's looking weak or not looking weak. It's mm-hmm. damaging others or not damaging others. And it's just become the completely simplistic, dumb version of tribalism at this point. And um, I hope that we get past it and get to that point where people can start rewarding things. Like you said, uh, you know, like people having conviction, like people standing up for others, for people having empathy, you know, people realizing that uh, sympathy and vulnerability are not weaknesses, but are strengths. You know, I mean, ask anybody who has been in a combat uh, scenario or anything that like to do something brave you actually have to become vulnerable. You actually have to expose yourself to stand up for other people to show that kind of bravery. You have to be vulnerable. You you don't just sit on the sidelines. You have to put yourself out there. You have to stick your neck out there. And I think it's something that we've, you know, that, that we've kind of shied away from because of this idea that it makes you less macho. I blame the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> I think that i'm kidding i'm <laughs> kidding those movies are tight <laughs> we'll see. but you get but you get what i'm saying i, I went on a little rant there i'm sorry jeff it's all good it's all good and we're, we're dealing with a culture of bullying you know, for all of the bullying programs that all the schools are putting into place, we are in a culture of bullying. And so, in fact, like we all adults kind of have to be superheroes. It's not, we don't have a chance to kind of sit back. We, we, we all have a responsibility to address that and to take our take our part in it. And, you know, e- e- even if there there's sometimes where is moral ambiguity, there's sometimes and, and that is most of the time. Right. Where we're things Hopefully are not in a Man of Steel movie. Correct. Or else a lot of bad things happen. You could literally go around pulling arms off of people. <laughs> right. and, and, but I think as much as it is like, a, a, you know, a, a wrong to take something that is um, black and white and turn it into gray. It's also something that's gray and turn it into black and white. When it comes time to stand mm-hmm. up for something and there's just, there's no two sides about it. You've got to be able to put your stand down. And if there are two sides about it, to be very clear, you're putting your stand down and recognize it. Sometimes there is a, a real other side that you have to recognize. And sometimes things are just wrong. And standing up to adult bullies is more complex yeah. because the stakes are higher. There's more lives at stake, frankly. Um, there is uh, more issues at stake. They're great. Stakes are greater uh, across the board. And it's not always 100% clear. That's true. That's really true. Wow. It's so, so profound. I love that. I mean, listen, we are all huge fans of comics and, uh, and the superhero universes, but like the fact that like, this is such a practical approach to superheroes. It's, it's not something I've seen before personally, Jonathan, I don't know about you. Well, I was completely getting like Molly whipped by incel bot and you came in and you kind of showed him some, some what for you kind of yeah. like came in and we're like, we're not going to negotiate with you insult bot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and as Rico says in the Geekscape movie, Jonathan is the hero. Katie wins Best Supporting Actress, and the antagonist Incel Bot wins the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss with Heidi. Checks <laughs> no. no. out. Incel Bot will go like upside down. I, and... <laughs> yeah, the problem is if Incel Bot kisses Heidi, he's no longer an incel. He'll be like, uh, he may just like go like he may just go haywire and like a bunch of like sparks shoot out of him and he explodes like the buildup of these incels i think that if they ever get what they want they don't actually know what to do with it i think they'll just short circuit and incel Jeff, bot i know you, you're watching i don't that, that's do you have, have you any advice podcast? for incel bot <laughs> I, I think incel bot i think you just i mean incel bot is the bully and i think you guys just showed him up i mean i i haven't heard him for a while and i think you just showed what it is to be uh anti-bullying as an adult because I, I he just got whipped i, mean, I don't know where he is <laughs> that was right. listen i folded like a deck of, i folded like a deck of cards uh before like a deck chair i folded like a deck chair before katie came in here and and showed a little spine he threatened to electrocute her and places and so one thing i actually want to ask that's is, like, is like i know the book just came out jeff i know the book came out august august 30th y'all can find it on amazon or at the crimson protector.com but sequel talks and for the dumb dumbs like me who refuse to read prose i don't actually refuse to read 
pros. I'm just making a point. Uh, is there a comic book that you could do? Uh, you think maybe you do a little short film or you know a little transmedia in the the Crimson Protector verse? Hmm? Love it. Love love the ideas. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. Yeah, I would love to do all of them. How do you find the time to do all this? That's the question that I have because I know social workers and they are just beleaguered. <laughs> you saw one earlier on the show. Like that is what Heidi does for a living. She works with kids. She is an ABA. Yeah. She works with kids on the spectrum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think, it, he, just, I think uh, he just ignores the kids, lets them like do whatever they want while he writes in the corner. I mean, how I else did. do you do this? And he's been doing it for 12 years, Katie. You heard what he said. Oh, he's still here. <laughs> I tell you, uh, you know, when it's something that you love, when it's a passion project, you find the free times and you do it. And, and it's, it's you know, it, it, it look, this wasn't all pure joy. There was a lot of sweat. There was a lot of blood. There was a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. And the joy that was there uh, helped carry it through. The fact that I could take the things that I loved uh, helping kids, superheroes, put them all together was just something that was exciting and 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 awesome. And and you know, it, it, part of the reason it was twelve years is because you're right. I had to steal time here and there, uh, a Sunday here, uh, an evening there where I didn't collapse, uh, a lunchtime here, um, and 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 it just from the reaction that I've gotten from the way I feel about it, it just it was worth it. I I, yeah. I absolutely love every second that I spent on. Well, Jeff, dude, thank you for doing it. And Geekscape us again. Uh, if you want to pick it up, you know, maybe you have a middle schooler in your life or a kid who would benefit from the Crimson Protector. Go to this little website called thecrimsonprotector.com or at Amazon. Any of these places you can find the uh, the book. It's prose. I know. I opened it up and I was like, let's get to some comics. And I was like, oh, no, this is prose. <laughs> Seth Eisenberg, my buddy from undergrad who recommended Jeff to the show. You tricked me. Even now, Seth is trying to get me to read anything but comic books. <laughs> Seth, you're still trying to make me a better person. And to you, I say thank you, Seth. Uh, Geekscapist, if you have friends who are like, or people you know who are like, dude, this person needs to like have an audience. Let's get them on Geekscape. I love it. I love having Jeff here. And to Seth and Jeff, I got to tell you early, uh, happy early Rosh Hashanah. Happy early Yom Kippur. Uh, we're getting into the weekends with the Jewish holidays. And you know what? Maybe a little happy Kol Nidre. And uh, what's the, there's a fourth, there's a fourth one. I got this. It's, um, don't, don't, don't tell me. Uh, it's Kol Nidre, you, um, I nailed it. Okay. <laughs> nailed he it. You didn't learn anything from going to Penn. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Seth, if you're listening, I really thank you for having, uh, for bringing Jeff to my attention. And I want all y'all to go to this little website I just put up on this. I'm telling, talking to you about thecrimsonprotector.com and pick up this book. Can you also for... pick up the backpack on thecrimsonprotector.com? Oh. Yes. I wanted, if I was making a superhero, I was making t shirts. I was making backpacks. I was making everything because you know what? Yeah, I'm a superhero. Everybody needs to walk around confident. And if nobody else gets it, it doesn't matter because you know what? I made something that I love to wear. Now I'm not wearing the backpack. I think I, I have a briefcase, but 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 I'm wearing the stuff. I got my. The, I made a phone protector. I said I've got to make superhero stuff. So yes, it, all of that is there. That's awesome, dude. Oh, I love is, that. Is the merchandise up on CrimsonProtector.com? Absolutely. You beautiful sellout. You are why <laughs> this country is amazing because you are the band who's like, hey. I have an idea and I'm going to make some money off of it, but also help the kids. Um, I love it. (laughs) Jeff, thank you. And um, dude, thank you for like going into self-publishing right now. The industry is not hot. And you know, you heard as early as like, I think yesterday, Jim Lee saying, Oh yeah, Batman year three, we're just going to put out as a graphic novel. Like things, you know, things are not all that good in, in publishing. And you went ahead and said, no, I have to do something and you're doing something positive with it. I appreciate it. There will always be a place for people like you on Geekscape. I, I love what you're doing, dude. Um, yeah. Jeffrey, Jeff, I'm so comfortable with you, Jeffrey. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, dude. Thank you so much. Um, and, uh, and hang tight. Cause I want to wrap up your audio, but um, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. This was so wonderful. Dude, so wonderful to hang out with you guys. We're friends now. 
awesome. friends now. Absolutely. <laughs> that's Jeffrey. Uh, that's Jeff Kranzler. He is, like I said, an author and the creator of the Crimson Protector. Go to the crimsonprotector.com and pick up the books. Um, Kate, Katie, I think we did it. No, there is no, um, there's no insult bot. He has not returned. I think we, I think we thoroughly entertained him. And you know what? I mm-hmm. think I became a better broadcaster because of the pressure he put on me to there threaten my computer. Um, I feel like I really showed my confidence against Incelbot because man, <laughs> was he going hard against me? But listen, I I'm a gamer through and through, and if you don't believe it, I don't have to impress you, dude. Oh my god! So remember, G4 needs this. So, uh, <laughs> Katie, we, Katie, we hope that uh, you get a G4 hosting gig. If only for our numbers here at Geekscape. Anyway, um, (laughs) Katie and I will be back. I think next week we got another comic book uh, guest very close to the uh, heart of Geekscape. The person who made that logo that if you're watching live, you see in the corner, our own Fernando Pinto, who made the Geekscape logo, has done a lot of artwork for Geekscape. He's going to be calling in from Chile to talk about his book. Uh, he's an amazing artist. We're going to hook him up with Jeff to make the Crimson Protector comic book that, uh, we're just going to make all the connections here at Geeks. It's all going to connect. Uh, so if Jeffrey really wants to do some comics, we can hook him up with some artists. Uh, it's real easy here on Geekscape. And of course, if you guys want anything, we can hook you up here at Geekscape, but I want y'all to vote to do it. Um, Katie, any last thoughts for the audience? Uh, be a freaking superhero guys. This I'm very inspired right now. I'm very inspired as well. Um, And one thing that will help me if you're feeling heroic is going to Spotify or iTunes and leaving us a review. You've listened to the show. If you made it this far, it's over an hour. You're like, dude, this show is fun. Even if you're a longtime listener, go ahead and go and leave us a review. Hit that five stars. Go ahead. I'm greedy. Do it. It'll definitely help our visibility. And when we go and solicit guests to come on the show, be like, hey, we're not nobodies. Go check out our five-star review from this one person who just started listening and heard my blurb at the end of the show. Uh, if you want any more Geekscape in your life, you can find us on social media at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Geekscape. You'll find us. Join that Geekscape Forever group on Facebook. We have a lot of fun there. Uh, and of course, we're a network. So if you like podcasting uh, and listen to podcasts, we got horror podcasts. We got video game pod- video game podcasts. We got music podcasts. We got wrestling podcasts. We got action movie podcasts. And we've got this flagship podcast. So on whatever podcatcher you're on, go find anything that's Geekscape and enjoy and share it with your friends. Get it. Katie, Katie I'm still pulling for you doing a Geekscape video game show. Hey. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm keeping incel bot at bay. You do it. You wanna you wanna host game room or something? Or <laughs> I can host game room, but I don't know if I can do a weekly video game podcast. I can barely play video games as it is. But <laughs> all right, uh, all right. But I'm glad you're my co-host. I'm glad I'm to very be glad here. you're my co-host. You hear that incel bot? Kitty wins. I'm glad to be Kitty here, man. Forever. <laughs> we love you. Over and out. Peace. Out out. <laughs> yep. That's the way we do it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.